Hello, everybody. Welcome to Albion Obsessed, episode number eight. We are here with, I think, the most guests we've had on an episode yet. Um, so, yeah, you're going to have to get used to the voices, guys. Uh, we'll introduce um, the, the guys that are with me today. Um, Aaron uh, was on our live stream. Uh, say hello, Aaron. Hello. And we've got Tom as well, who I know is a listener of the, the podcast um and we've also got the return of british tea hater chloe um on the podcast as well so um, a great lineup um and we will be obviously talking about the disappointment that was yesterday guys um steven gerrard's first premier league game in charge um was it i didn't know no no it's (laughs) not been reported anywhere um But uh, yeah, I, I think it went very much according to plan as what the media have been building up to, to be. Um, but not so much for us. Um, Chloe, you were at the game. Um, so yeah, just talk us through your perspective of... Because obviously it, it looked like a promising first half, um, but then it just dipped off again. So yeah, what was your perspective? Um, I feel like... It was it was very finely balanced. Um, the first half we were dominating, but we weren't creating any chances or looking like scoring. But neither were they. Um, but after the substitutions, they were stronger and we were considerably weaker. And I think the subs changed the games for both teams, and unfortunately ended it ended in a um, loss for us. Yeah, uh, that's quite a fair reflection. I, I even myself watching it on as Tom you you described before that the we started recording a very dodgy stream um, <laughs> that we have to try and find with three o'clock kickoffs. Um, yeah, yeah I, I found that ex- exactly the same. Um, Lampty comes off. Funnily enough, a few minutes later, Villa break down our right hand side um, and score. Uh, so there's no surprises there. Um, Tom, we haven't spoken to you yet this season. Um, we normally ask three icebreaker questions. So we're, we're going to um, start off with those. Yeah. Um, what is the best Albion goal you've ever seen at the stadium? Um, because I, I just a bit of background about me, I born and bred in Sussex, but then I moved up to the Midlands um, about nine years ago. Um, so I haven't been to the Amex anywhere near as much as I'd like to. Um, but the best goal I've ever seen Albion score was um, against Nottingham Forest when Leonardo Ujoa famously tucked that header away and the away end just went absolutely mental um, and because it meant that we got into the playoffs that season. Um, and it was just, it was, to be in the away end then was just, it was mind-blowing. It was just awesome. Um, yeah. Best goal at Yamex probably, um, I don't know who it was against. It might have actually been against Nottingham Forest as well. Um, I think Luar Luar scored an absolute screamer, as he does, cutting him off the left, right foot, bang. Um, classic backflip celebrations. That was pretty cool. Yeah, I love that. Um, Aaron, we actually didn't ask you these questions, but you, you touched on Ujoa, Tom, um, and we, we did a little segment in our live stream um, on Friday where we put together the ultimate Albion uh, Amex 11. Um, and Aaron actually spoke me into putting Ujoa in there um, over Bobby Zamora, which was... Crazy, Aaron. You got, as I said, mate. You've got away with words. Um, but that moment <laughs> you described at, at Forest, um, in that wonderful yellow strip, 
Um, the away end going absolutely nuts. Um, Oscar Garcia in <laughs> absolute pandemonium. I, I don't think I ever saw him that animated. Um, and never will be that animated ever again. Um, Aaron, we didn't ask you these questions as well. So I'm going to throw that same question at you. The best goal you've seen for the Albion mm. in a stadium? Probably be the Andoni goal against Palace for me. I think that yeah. that was completely different. I remember I was really ill that day as well and I, I wasn't going to go. And uh, my dad was like, no, come on, we'll go. I was like, oh, I really don't fancy this. You know, playing, playing Palace at home, not fancying it at all. And then to be, you know, see Andoni just suddenly burst down the left thinking, hold on, you know, he's keep going. He's going to get taken down at any moment and never did. Um, yeah, unreal. Absolutely unreal. Maybe yeah, for a hell of a lot better, that's for sure. That 100% sticks out in my mind as yeah. one of the best I've seen for sure. Um, Tom, the next question for you. What, who is your favourite Albion player of all time? Uh, this is a tough one. Um, I think out of the current squad, I'm going to go for Dunkey, local lad. Um, I've got a signed shirt from him, actually, just on the wall. Oh, I love that. Um, but um, of all time, I've got a real soft spot for Calderon. Um, I, yeah, I have a ma massive man crush on Inigo Calderon. Um, <laughs> just like a, a, like a lovable guy. He scores with his face. Um, so I like Caldo. Caldo. I love Caldo. Yeah, what what a selection that is, um, Aaron. Same question to you. I've got, I've got two. I've got two. Um, one one being Bobby Zamora. Um, like I said on Friday, I, I've been was at the West Ham for nine years and watching him play up up top for us as an eighteen year old, banging in goals left, right, and centre was un unbelievable. And the other one, Michelle Kuipers for me, um, just purely. As a as a goalkeeper myself, it was uh, as a young, young goalkeeper. I used to love watching him, and some of the saves he would make were just unreal. So for me, yeah, uh, even Zamora or Kuipers for me. Wonderful, perfect. Um, and the next one, Tom, uh, you mentioned your signed Dunkey shirt there. Um, it is yeah. shirt related. Um, what is your go-to Albion shirt on a match day? Ooh. Um... Somewhat controversial, perhaps. Um, I really like last season's home shirt, the all blue, white pinstripes, proper 80s throwback. I love that shirt. And I know it was a bit of a, a dividing one amongst the fan base. Um, but that one, I've got three, actually. That one, uh, the first Amex shirt, the one that you're wearing, Joe, I think that's a thing of beauty. And the 99-2000 uh, first lifting one, because that was my first Brighton shirt. Ah. Oh. Decent. Yeah, they're very good shouts. Um, Aaron, you were repping the HyperTurk on the uh, live stream uh, the was. other day. I what was. is your go-to Albion shirt? Probably the very first red and black away kit we had. May I think maybe back in 2004, I want to say. Um, and probably the most recent one, like Tom said, the pinstripe one last year. That looks so yeah. smart. When we when we came out against Burnley with it when we first wore it last game of yeah. last season, I was like, "Damn!" I was like, "That is a hell of a nice kit." But I wasn't <laughs> expecting that. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, re really decent. Um, but to be fair, when uh, I had the same reaction when we came out against Man City last year uh, with the the shirt that you Chloe's wearing, yeah. um, 
that was like, oh, we're back to blue and white stripes. And th- th- this season shirt for me is one of the best that we've had at the Amex for sure. Um, very simple, um, but extremely effective. Uh, and what a shirt to have yeah. for our 10 year anniversary as well. Um, so, yeah, uh, all very good shouts. Uh, can't argue with any of them. Um, but we'll get straight into talking about the game. Um, Aaron, you uh, obviously are very vocal about, uh, you know, um, goalkeepers and yes. you're a goalkeeper yourself. Um, so we'll, we'll start off with you, Chloe. Jason Steele is going to pop up right there for you. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, just talk us through um, his, his first Premier League um, debut, really. Well, obviously it's going to be his first debut, but his first, yeah, first start. You couldn't do much about either of the goals, to be honest. The Mings one was just a bit unfortunate for for, for him, really. Obviously, Webster's got to clear the ball and it's just gone straight to Mings. Um, he made one fantastic save at one point, coming out and make himself make himself big to punch it away. Again, a, a solid display. A solid display. Nothing he could do much about the goals. He'll be pretty pleased to get to obviously get his debut and to have that, that performance sort of thing. Build his confidence up and also probably fans' confidence up as well a little bit. I think we've got a, de- a decent backup for Sanchez if you know, if anything does go wrong, if he gets injured or suspended again. At least we're not panicking, thinking, oh, you know, we've got someone who can't catch a ball or do anything really with it. So, no, I was impressed. I'm well. You should be proud. Yeah, definitely. Um, and Tom, uh, w- was you on the side of uh, the fans that w- were quite nervous going into this game with him in the sticks? or I think there's always a lot to be said about strength and depth. And I think, um, obviously, Steele has been a great servant to the club. Um, he's played some, you know, some of the League Cup games and he had he's done he's done well. I remember, obviously, uh, against Newport, he made that howler at the right of the death. Um but no, no I, re- I desperately wanted him to do well. And I was absolutely gutted for him that he didn't get the clean sheet, which, you know, on fair reflection, I think he deserved. Um, but as Aaron said, you know, I think he's um, proven that he's decent backup to Sanchez. And if something like that had ever happened again, I have faith that, you know, he'd be able to to fill in that role. Yeah, for sure. And and Chloe, obviously, um, you were at the game. Did, did he look quite comfortable? I, I saw a lot of fans saying that he looked quite comfortable with his feet. Yeah. Um, I, I was really impressed with him, to be honest. Um, I didn't have m- very high expectations, perhaps unfairly. Um, but yeah, I thought he looked really competent and made some really good saves, to be honest. And there wasn't really anything he could have done about either of the goals. Just unlucky not to get the clean sheet, really. So yeah, I was, yeah. I was impressed. I wonder how that's going to affect his confidence going forward. I, I, I would imagine Graham Potter's put his arm around him and said, you know, you've you done well enough. Um, you've solid, I'm trying to get the word out, solid, solidified um, your role within this team. Um, obviously, Sherpin is a little bit out of favour at the moment. Don't quite know what's going on with him. Um, but I, I'm sure he, he'll be, you know, putting his arm around him, as I say, and and giving him that confidence that if that opportunity arises again, he he is the man for the job. Um, so yeah, uh, obviously, Aaron, um, do you feel like his confidence w- would have been um, tarnished by that at all? Um, maybe a little, maybe a little. I think as a keeper, you can't if the defense isn't. Obviously, you keep helping you out, then you're you're a bit stranded, really. Um, the first goal, especially, 
he should have been cut off a lot earlier than he sort of let the whole width of the pitch with no one going near him. And you can't justify that as a keeper. And the second goal, like I said, was just an unlucky clearance. He's literally felt to, felt to mink, to be fair, which was a tidy finish. Yeah, uh, exactly think, that. Sorry, Tom, go on. I just about to um, chip in and just mention about Ben Roberts, the goalkeeper coach. I think a lot mm. uh, um, about, I think, I can't remember if it was uh, for Sanchez. I think he ran onto the pitch at half time after Sanchez had made a mistake, put his arm around Sanchez, picked him up. So I think because we've got someone like Ben Roberts who's so experienced and he's obviously so good at what he does, I think that I'd like to think that Steele's um, confidence would be too, um, too battered after. Uh, conceding two so late on yesterday, um, but I think that's a, a massive credit to the uh, the coaching team that we've got at the club. Yeah, definitely. Um, and uh, Aaron, you mentioned Ben Roberts on the live stream as well. Yes, yeah. Um, a, a huge acquisition that we had a good few years ago. Now um, came in with David Stockdale, did he not? He did, um, yeah. And improved him uh, yeah. by you know a crazy amount. Um, and we saw him go on to you know. Uh, keep us um, in in the running to, to get promoted, and and he did get us promoted in the end. So um, yeah, uh, amazing goalkeeper coach. Um, we mentioned the first goal, obviously, um, that still didn't have much of a chance with it. Amazing finish by Watkins, to be mm. fair. Um, but the defense didn't do enough, and um, it actually broke from the right hand side when this man came off. Uh, for for the audio listeners, Tarek Lamptey has just popped up in front of Chloe. Sorry. Um, and, um, yeah, as soon as he comes off, they break down, um, the, the, as I say, our right hand side and score. Um, so obviously that is, is a bit of a concern that we don't have quite have the depth to, you know, f- fill in for Tarek Lamptey when, when he does come off or if God forbid he was to get injured again, Tom. Yeah. I, I was quite surprised yesterday. Well, I think I wasn't first surprised that Lamptey came off. I was just surprised that uh, Joel Veltman didn't come on. Um, I I think we needed Mopay on the pitch. I think, you know, no one could doubt that. Um, I look, think we looked like a better side when Neil was playing. Um, but I was really surprised that he didn't make a double switch or go to a back four and maybe put Webster on at right back, perhaps. I don't know. Um, because Gross, for all of his, you know, he's a fantastic player, but he's just, he hasn't got the mobility to play in that fullback, wingback position. So putting him out there, against someone like Holly Watkins, who's got pace for days. It was just asking for trouble, and trouble is what we got. Yeah, exactly that. And w- was there any more of a perspective in, in the ground, Chloe, when um, obviously Lamptey did come off and the shape looked a bit weird? Like w- watching on TV, it looked like we went to a back four with Webster on, on the right, um, but I couldn't quite work that out. Yeah, I mean, I I was a bit... I feel like... The players that he brought on were like the the right players, the players I thought we needed. But um, I I don't get bringing Lamptey off because he was our best our best player basically for the game. Um, I don't know if he's still carrying something. Can you want to protect him perhaps? Um, yeah. but it we just didn't have anyone down that right hand side then, and it just left us open to open to attack and uh, we pay the price for it. Yeah, definitely. Do you, do you feel like it, it should have been uh, a Pascal Gross to come off for Malpe or or Moda? Who would you have taken off in that situation? Um, yeah, I, I feel one of the 
one of the midfield four that we had on um probably I would have taken off um but obviously I don't know if Lamptey's not completely up to match fitness yet if he can't yeah. play 90 minutes um, and he's trying to protect him then obviously that's something that the coaching staff know that obviously we don't but mm-hmm. I yeah I, I did think the changes were a bit bizarre but then I have thought they were bizarre before and then they've worked out so yeah, yeah Graham Potter has a, a strange way of surprising us sometimes um, but uh, as as you say, sometimes a little bit too predictable and, and doesn't quite work out the way we, we would hope. Um, going on uh, to Neil Morpay, obviously a lot of fans talking about um, the, the false nine that Trossard's playing and it, it worked against um, Liverpool. Um, it worked against City for the last 20 minutes. Not quite working against the likes of Newcastle and Aston Villa. Um, so do, do you feel like we need to see um, Neil Morpay um come back into the side and start yeah i think he scored what four four and nine and then suddenly he gets dropped um you're right joe i think uh you know it did work against liverpool it did work against city but i think yesterday was crying out for someone like neil because i don't care what any of his detractors say we look like a better team when he plays because even if he's not scoring he's harrying he's closing down and he's just a little bugger you know he's (laughs) He's brilliant, and I feel much more confident when he's playing. Um, yeah. So I, I I don't know why he's not. Yeah, completely agree, Aaron. What what are your views? Should should we be seeing Trossard come? Uh, not Trossard, Malpay come back in? a hundred percent, hundred percent. He he's our only natural finisher in 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 the squad at the moment. Probably well back in there as well, but obviously his injury record is not great. Um. False nine works against teams like City, like Liverpool. When you've got teams such as such as Newcastle who just sit back and don't really want to attack you, you need someone just to harry the defence, really push up on the centre half to make them make a mistake. And Trost has done fantastic this year. He really looks a completely different player from from last season. But he doesn't for me doesn't scream a proven goal scorer just yet for me. He scored a lot of goals this year compared to last year, obviously. But it's more more the fact he hasn't got that instinct, the, the, the yeah. fox in the box old instinct which more play has got. And in games like that, you need a striker. You need a proven striker yeah. to, to be there and score the goals. It's, it's, really, yeah. it's, it's frustrating because it's so simple to say it. You need a striker who can score goals, win your games... And if you don't not playing a striker, like you know, we're not Man City, we can't just have a full a false nine and have you know the likes of De Bruyne just floating around. We haven't got that quality, so we need that striker without a shadow of a doubt. And Connolly wow. Connolly's not good enough for me. Um, Welbeck's obviously injury prone, um, and then I think as much as people slate him, give Locadia a go. Christ, we got no, we we have other options really at the moment. Um, and maybe try something a bit different. It's a shame yeah, we're not I mean, in the league, the league cup or anything anymore. Obviously, give those guys some game time. Yeah, but even even in the game time, like Conley had in, against Leicester and against the other team, he hasn't done anything. No, no. so uh, exactly. he needs to either go out on loan or or just stay in the under twenty threes. In my opinion, a bit harsh, but unfortunately, I, I, that's the way it is. 
I think um, alone would probably help him not only with like his professional development as a footballer, but probably his personal development. I yeah. mean, you know, we hear all these stories. I'm not saying any of them are true, of course, but it probably help him mature a bit. But yeah. going back to the striker issue, yesterday we started with Lamptey and Kukurea, and you think, oh my God, this is what we've been waiting for. And they've got the quality to put the ball in the box, but then you've got no one in there. No, that's what I know. No one was in the box, or you'd have maybe Trossard just kind of like sitting just on the edge. And you think, get in the box, you know? Because mm. I think, I do think we need to score more goals from midfield. That's fair enough. But when you've got the quality of Lamptey and Kukurea bombing down the wings, if you've got no one in the box, you, you're not going to score, are you? No, no of course not. And it's crazy that we've got a six foot two striker out on loan that we bought in, Abdullah Sima, getting yeah, inside. Yeah. Um, Andy Zakiri uh, was part of, of, of an Augsburg side that beat Bayern 2 1 the other day as well. Um, so there's plenty of options there that, that we, we could have in the squad. Um, but yeah, we're, we're, you know, we, we could be saying in two years' time that that was the best choice that we could have done and sent those players out on loan. They come back into the side and we're, we're firing into Europe. Um, two seasons in a row, you know, the the blue and white heart in me says that is definitely going to happen. Um, but of course, um, yeah. how nice would that be? Um, but Chloe, I'm, I'm going to throw you a question. Leandro Trossard, where his best position, What what is his best position? Because we've seen him in multiple. I mean, I think he worked as a false nine against Liverpool and I think against um, the bigger clubs, shall we say, I think that can work but I do think I don't know I just feel the way we set up against Villa and against Newcastle but especially against Villa we had four central midfielders and then you had Trossard who was quite isolated at times you had the wing backs putting balls in the box but other than that I just feel we've packed we packed the midfield too much and then we our midfielders don't score either we've got four midfielders that we played and None of them are really goal-scoring midfielders. It's bad enough when you've got two in there and they're not contributing mm. goals at all. But when you've mm. got four, you really want want your midfield to be contributing more goals. Um, but yeah, Trossard, I'm not too sure. I think he worked well. He can work well as a false nine. But I also think when we had that front three of him, Welbeck and Malpe, uh early on in the season I think that worked well as well but obviously yeah. with Welbeck out injured I would really like to see us um, either bring back someone in loan or sign someone in January who is a Welbeck sort of player but, yeah um, obviously I don't know if, what's yeah what the club has planned for that but um, I think yeah I like I like a front three I like good old fashioned front three because it's yeah, probably the best way to get goals, and I think that's what we're lacking at the moment, or it is what we're lacking at the moment. Yeah, I I completely agree. And you mentioned the January transfer window, um, probably one of the hardest windows to sign uh, an attacking player for sure. Um, it's just a shame that our problems aren't well, not a shame, but if if our problems were at the back, that might be a little bit easier to to um, fix. Um, but it seems the age-old question between Brighton fans is when are we going to get that striker who can bag us 15 goals? We haven't had that since Glenn Murray. Um, and uh, I know that he was, what, 
68 when he when he left us um, <laughs> <laughs> um but i i still think maybe he could have done the job for maybe one more one more season um but uh he, he mentioned on football focus yesterday his body let him down and yeah it's fair enough he he, he is getting old to be fair but um I still i still think malpe could get a decent amount of goals i mean i don't know if yeah. 15 is a reasonable target but i don't see any reason he can't be he needs someone to play alongside i think i think if he's got strike partner to play alongside i think i agree with chloe i think we look better going forward when we've got welbeck mope and trossard and i think when that front three is firing on all cylinders i think we're a real really dangerous side um but it's amazing how with welbeck being injured um, and then whatever the reason Mope is not playing, we just don't look we don't look fluent in attack. We look a bit toothless up top. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it'll be interesting, as you say, Joe, to see what happens in January, mm. if anything. The difference between where we want to be and where we will probably end up, though, is the fact that one of those three gets injured, you're done. Yeah. It's been, like that for, it's, been that, it's been like that for the last couple of years, though. Yeah. It's been like if one of our strikers do get injured, then they're talking about, oh, okay, then who else can we replace them with? And with, yeah. we, like I said, January is always an awful time to sign players. Teams are going to up their prices straight away because they know you're looking for a striker or a Z person, a striker yeah. or a winger or whatever. And it, it can be a lot of panic buying, a lot of panic buying. I mean, the one name I've got in the top of my head who I think we probably should possibly bring in is probably if you know we're bringing back Lingard for me. I mean, last year the line worked really well for him at uh, West Ham, and then at least it's given us a little bit more of an attacking threat going forward, a tiny bit. Um, obviously not an out-and-out striker, but then at least it'll give Trossard and if more of a you know go a bit further forward. You got Lingard in behind you, and yeah. like, if Welbeck does get injured, at least you got more they can have a strike partnership with Trossard. Mm-hmm. And then Lingard playing just behind them too. Yeah, definitely. I feel like That's our advantage. Yeah, our <laughs> advantage with that is obviously the Dan Ashworth links to England, right? Uh, probably worked with Lingard at, at some point in in his career. Um, but the issue would be obviously he's got links to West Ham. Um, had a great time there. West Ham are in Europe. They're flying this season. I know they lost. Did they lose yesterday? I think they lost one nil. Yeah. Um, but still, they've had a really great start, uh, and I think that's a project Lingard would much prefer over us. But I, as Chloe said, it would be a dream, um, and it would be great to have him back. Obviously, he spent uh, was it half a season alone with us, or a full season? Was yeah, one of the half, two. Yeah, yeah. Huh. Um, obviously, that's back when he was what, yeah, he nineteen, twenty. Yeah, um, he, just, he did a loan spell in uh, at Birmingham, I think, for the first half of the season, and he absolutely tore right. the championship up. And then mm. we obviously came to us, and we were like, "Yes!" And he was—he did all right, didn't he? He was—he was decent yeah, he's for good. us. Yeah, he's he gave us a good option, definitely. Um, I remember him scoring in the playoffs against Derby, and we thought we would maybe get to Wembley, <laughs> and then they absolutely hammered us in the in the second leg. So, uh, but as, as I said to Aaron on the live stream, <laughs> yeah. We won't talk Me about that. Me, please, stage think about it. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's just going back to the striker situation. It's funny because, obviously, we mentioned the injury to Welbeck. Uh, the last game he played was Leicester, and we haven't won since. Yeah. So, there, there's, yeah. 
there's where it's gone wrong. Um, and I've been saying it on social media for the last couple of games that last season for me is creeping back in. Um, yeah. By Christmas, we could be really looking over our shoulders and thinking we're, we're, we're going back to where we were mm. last season. Um, but we've got a huge game, huge, huge game coming up at the Amex. Uh, unfortunately, I won't be there. I'm going on holiday. Um, much needed, I've got to say. Um, but um, yeah, fingers crossed the home advantage can can somewhat spur us on uh, with obviously Robert Sanchez coming back in. Um, Leeds haven't been incredible this season. Uh, we've done the double over them last year. Um, so we'll just have a quick preview of that game. Um, Chloe, uh, predictions and uh, do, do you think Malpe will make a return to the Amex? Oh, I really hope so. I, I hope so. I can't see how he can not start him now because I, th- I think it's obvious that we're such so much better in attack when he plays, even if he is. Uh, he hasn't got a partner. But, um, yeah, I mean, you look at Leeds as a game that you would hope to get a result from, no disrespect to them. Um but then they do have some players that can uh, us. They've got they've got some quite good. Um, I know Rafinha is very good. Yeah. Um, and that he's pacey as well, and that mm. is obviously, as we've seen before, an area where we can um, get done. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, I would hope that we would win that, and I would, I would. I think we need a win. I think it's it, and I think that is sort of the perfect fixture that you think, okay, let's let's go out, let's actually just get a result of this one. Because we need it. We need it, and I think it could spur us on going forward as well. Definitely, I'm going to push you for a, a score line. Uh, three one. Oh, that's decent. And who's going to score the goals? I, I imagine you're going to say a Neil Morpay hat trick, but. Uh, I'll go um, Malpe Brace and I'll also go I'll go Lamptey I'd like to see him Ooh. get a goal there you go. I think that would be his first goal at the Amex as well so um, yeah I'm, I'm rooting for that I, I, yeah we can go with that um, Aaron <laughs> um, are you confident going into next week or shitting yourself a bit these <laughs> uh, yeah. is always a weird one mm. they can either be fantastic or awful there's no really in between uh, admittedly this year they've mainly been awful hence why they're sort of down the bottom but you just don't know what team are going to come out for well, uh, what, don't know what team Brighton are going to turn up is you know, we said this on Friday if, if a good team turned up at Villa Park we could have got something we've done okay first half second half made changes it went downhill same against Newcastle, we made changes in the second half. Performance dropped, it went flat. It, it, all, it all does depend on what sort of Albion team's going up. Um, I think it's going to be a it's not a really a must win just yet. It's still early doors in the season, but we need to get a win. We need to get confidence back and three points on the board is, is what, what we need. And to end this run on God knows how many draws we've had the last of eight games it's just mad but uh, yeah I'm gonna go who won who won Brighton uh, more pay will get one if he starts more pay definitely will get one and I fancy I fancy a, a dunk or duffy header 
from a, from a set piece. They're quite yeah. a short team. They're quite a short team. So, yeah, good ball set, uh, get good set piece specialists on the ball like Groats and who knows what could happen. But yeah, I feel like Leeds, I think, I feel Leeds will score mainly because, like Chloe said, Rafinha is absolutely rapid and is hell of a talent when, he, when he's on form. They've got good players all around, really, but yeah, he will cause us problems without a doubt. But yeah, 2 1 Albion, three points at the Amex, happy days. Another 5 30 kickoff as well. Joy. Yeah, lovely <laughs> live on Sky Sports. I'm sure I'll find somewhere to watch it. Um, and uh, lastly, Tom, uh, what, what are we thinking? I think, um, as you said, Aaron, I think like Leeds are obviously not doing as well as they'd perhaps like, especially after how well they did last season. And if I was that team, I'd want to be, I'd want to be playing, playing Brighton next, if I'm honest. And then that sounds really pessimistic and really defeatist, but I joked with some of the Villa fans at work. You know, the Villa, Villa hadn't, they'd lost five in a row, new manager, don't know what's going to happen. And I said to them, you know, the team you want to play next is Brighton. Um, we have a habit of playing teams that haven't won in a while or a bit down on their luck and then they play us and then they get a result. So call me a pessimist, but I'd be happy just to grind out a 1-0 win uh, Mope on the score sheet because he always scores against Leeds. I'd be happy with just a 1-0 win, get our confidence back and, you know, get a bit of belief back in the side. So I'm going to go with 1-0. Yeah, we'll take that. And, and if we can repeat that uh, Neil Morpay team goal that we scored at Ellen Road last year, oh, that was um, I will be very happy with that. Um, oh, good. Extremely happy. Um, I'm going to ask you guys probably quite an obvi- uh, obvious, 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 obvious question. I'll put my teeth back in. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm interested to see what uh, your responses will be. If you can bring one Albion player that's played for us, whatever whatever year, whatever season, doesn't matter who, if you could bring one player back in their prime into this specific team, who would it be, Chloe? Um, I think it's wow, that is a difficult question. Um, there's a, I'm probably limited to the sort of last 10 years or so because that's all I really remember. So I'm just going to say, disclaimer, I don't obviously remember the likes of Peter Ward because <laughs> I wasn't alive then. Um, but I would definitely say, as well, a striker is obviously we've highlighted that's... I, I think Murray in his prime would would yeah would be a great addition to this team um, yeah I we, know that's we a bit win- of an obvious answer but yeah no absolutely not we we win the league with that um so yeah <laughs> I'll, I'll happily take that aaron um yeah obviously it has to be it will have to be a striker um in in his prime for me Zamora, i think he was getting an absolute hatful absolute yeah. hatful in this team um he did anyway to be fair, but I think he'll get he would be the fifteen goal striker we we are missing at the moment. Hundred percent, without a doubt. Definitely. And Tom, do you agree with either Chloe or Aaron? Yeah, I mean, for me, Zamora, um, you know, because he was just something else. But I think if we're talking genuine prime, I'm gonna go a bit left left field and say Vicente. I think <laughs> when we signed him in the championship, that was like a full-on, oh my God, we've signed Vicente. Mm-hmm. If we had him in his prime, I think 
you know, we talk about creating chances from midfield. Well, there you go. Yeah, there you go. Uh, that yeah, three incredible choices. Somebody has to win this vote. Um, so I'm going to team up and say Glenn Murray as well because yeah, I I feel like he would be a a 20 goal striker in this team um for sure um with the creativity behind him i'd love to see it I absolutely would um so yeah glenn glenn murray get your boots on my friend um you're coming to the amex <laughs> next week um thanks for coming on on guys um obviously chloe your second appearance on here um aaron your second one as well yes, obviously, i know the, the other one wasn't a podcast but um great to have you back on and tom thanks for coming on my friend uh thanks it's been great me, to you Obviously, if you want to come back on, just let me know. Oh, yeah. um, always, always, always happy to chat, Albie. We don't get to talk about it much, living living in the Midlands. Yeah. No, no, no one wants to talk about the <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, you're always welcome on, my friend. Um, and Cheers. yeah, Chloe, th- thank you, obviously, for your second appearance. Um, and you, you're also always welcome on. So, yeah, thanks for listening, guys. Um, hopefully, three points next week. Um, and uh, we'll, we'll chat to you all soon. Up the Albion and take care. Bye-bye.